As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. two and three but at what cost Dak Prescott goes down and man this is tough the most unimaginable thing to happen to this team has happened and so here we are at The Athletic to discuss it all welcome into About Them Cowboys I'm Kent Garrison producing we're going to get to our panel here to break down everything coming out of this injury but first I want to tell you and remind you to cash in that dollar over at theathletic.com slash Cowboys because you're going to want to check out all of our breaking coverage of this Dak Prescott injury from last night as well as our upcoming coverage from this week on the Dallas Cowboys front. Not only that, but we got every sport here at The Athletic. Not only football, if you like baseball, maybe you like basketball, maybe you're a Premier League follower. We've got it all covered over at The Athletic. So cash it in now. Get your membership at theathletic.com slash Cowboys for only a dollar. But now... Got to welcome in our panel and discuss all the fallout from this game. So it's time to welcome in the Athletics, Father John Mishoda and Ben and Skins, Kevin KT Turner. Guys, welcome in. And uh, I guess this one's pretty self-explanatory on uh, where we should start with this one, KT. Yeah, it'd be great to just kind of talk about the Cowboys getting a win and mm. focus in on that and where we go from here. But that's really not the vibe of this one. Um John, third quarter, uh, about 6.33 left, uh, just a quarterback draw or, or a designed quarterback run, which we'd kind of been calling for a little more of that. And, you know, Dak uh, takes it up the middle and then cuts to the left and stiff arms a guy and with his momentum and his strength takes the guy down but gets his leg rolled upon, uh, his ankle specifically rolled upon and has a compound fracture of his ankle and a dislocated ankle, and then which he held it. And I don't know if that was, you know, a, a, a man in shock or if it was just his awareness to, you know, kind of motion over towards the training staff to get over as he's holding his knee together with his – or his leg together with his, with his left hand. Just a, a, a really eerie and surreal, surreal night at AT&T Stadium. Uh, last evening what was the vibe for you when you were there kind of your experience uh covering this uh you know live at the game yeah I can say for me personally um I really couldn't tell you what happened on the next probably 20 plays in the game until I watched it again this morning because one you know you're scrambling because you obviously you know working for a website and then obviously with social media you want to you know get out there you know the observations and what's going on and, and update people and things like that but the other side is it just like like I told you right before we started recording was like there's times when, when people get hurt and let's say it's a shoulder or, you know a knee or something like that. And you're like, well, just wait for tomorrow and see what the MRI says. Let's, you know, let's see what that evaluation is. It's like, when you see an injury like that, like it's so like everything just hits you at once. Like, 
well, not only you feel for him and the team, you're like, he's, he's done for the season. That's, and then on top of that, you like start thinking of other players have had similar injuries and you're like, this isn't necessarily going to be just some smooth comeback. Like he could have complications like this could, what is, what if this is the end of his career? You know, like there's just like so many things flooding in your mind when you see something like that, especially like you said, I mean, that's like a routine play. Like it, it just, I don't know. Like I, I've watched the replay probably 20 times, which I really wish I didn't, but I wanted to make sure I, I, I was able to get it from all angles and know exactly what happened. But uh, um, I agree with you. I was amazed that it just didn't seem like he was in more pain than he was. Like, I just felt like, you know, maybe it's the adrenaline or whatever, but just to have such a gruesome injury like that. And then here's the thing, like when he rolled over and he looked at it, he tried to, he stomped his right foot back on the ground. Like he was going to like put it back into place or something. And then that's when he like realized, and then he motioned to the, the far sideline to the Cowboy sideline that he needed the, the medical staff. And then, you could tell the ref that was nearest to him too was just kind of like wa- waving for the medical staff, but also like kind of putting his hand over him, like "Hold on, dude, don't be trying to do any wild stuff right now. Your your foot is pointing in the opposite direction. Let's just wait for the you know medical professionals to get over here and address this." And then it just and then it and then you just see all the everybody kind of goes down to a knee. You see Jason Garrett go out there. You know Mark Mark Colombo's on on that giant staff. He's good friends with Dak. Like just. I don't know. It was just, it, it's surreal to just think how that, that whole thing went down and, and while you're watching, you're just kind of like, yeah, this isn't good for the Cowboys season, but that's like, it becomes like secondary because you're just like, you, you feel for that guy and, and he's such an important player for the team, but he's also such an important leader and so, and he's just so well liked. And I mean, I should, I know that shouldn't matter. Like when a player gets injured, just to be regardless, just to feel the same way. But there's definitely situations where it means more. And I, I'm watching the broadcast over. I heard Romo saying that too, about how like, you know, when one of these franchise quarterbacks go down, like there's a ripple effect throughout the entire NFL. And you saw it on social media. There was tons of people, uh, players, you know, coaches, everything like, you know, giving their well wishes to Dak. And, uh, you know, I mean, fortunately, uh, he had surgery um, right after the game. Uh, it was a, it was a successful surgery. He's supposed to be released from the hospital today. So those are all good signs. Um, but. Yeah, I just it was it was stunning because like you could just tell in the crowd too like there was there was just wasn't the same emotion obviously after that happened, um, and it just you know you're kind of just at a, at a loss for words. I mean, this is a guy that's never missed a start. He's never yeah. really had any injuries, and then to suffer something like that so gruesome like that. I mean, even now like having some t- having a chance to sleep, wake up, think about it more like it's still just it's it's stunning. Yeah, and I, you know, sometimes you see see a play in a game, and you like uh, maybe you start formulating a tweet or something. Um, like I remember, my, I, was, I was sitting there going, "Oh, he's a beast!" Like because of like he had just like stiff armed, and he was about to throw down a dude who was trying to tackle him. Yeah, and then like everything happens real quick, and you see it, and I I can't really, you know, I, I've never seen anyone that calm. With what was clearly a severe yeah. injury, yeah, um, sure. and that's what threw me, and I think threw everybody is, you know, even Jim Nance made the comment, and he said, oh, "I hope it's a cramp," because he's sitting there like, ah, you know, guy got a stinger, and he's kind of sitting there, and it looked like maybe his shoe was turned around or on his foot or some kind of weird, or like maybe his the way his his ankle brace or was taped was kind of shifted around, but like, nope, that's his, uh, that's the bone, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and if you watch, you know, look, we've all been watching uh, football, like, for a long time, right? People, people listening, been watching football since they were a kid, right? Or even if that was your first game yesterday, maybe it's a little different for you. But, like, if you've been watching football your whole life, at some point you do kind of become numb to these types of things. Because there's a greater than zero chance if you watch football as much as, uh, you know, clearly <laughs> people watch football – you're going to see violent injuries, all right? We've seen some bad stuff, right? It, it, it's part of it. But, like, that combined with, like, the emotion of it all, his importance to the team and the league, like you combine all of it and you just kind of step back and, okay, does this game even matter anymore? I mean, they could have quit playing yesterday and I'd be like, yeah, yeah all right. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I just – I know that for me, like – I, I'm very uncomfortable about it. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it later in the podcast. So there's so many other ramifications and, and angles to this tree branch of conversation topics when it comes to, to Dak's injury. But, I mean, the emotion, him crying, you know, which is a, probably a combination of pain and yeah. just everything I work for gone, 
You know, I mean, can't imagine what was going through his head. Maybe all your all your peers coming up and and t- telling you, you know, love yeah. man, like that type of all of it. Yeah, and just, it's ar- it's already been a tough year for him. He was already yeah. dealing with anxiety and depression when the, I guess, COVID lockdown started, and then he loses his brother, and then you know, obviously, he can't go anywhere without any talk about his contract, and. You just got the feeling that, like, hey, this season is exactly what he needed, and and and, and this is something that could take his mind off of, you know, other things at least for a small period of time. And then just the way he started out the season, I mean, he was having a career year. Um, you know, if the wins were there, you'd be talking about this guy as you know, in an MVP candidate for how well he was playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's that 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 that's the you just really feel for him because there's just so much. I mean, I'm. 12 years older than him and I have I hope I don't have to suffer what he's gone through in his life for the rest of my life uh, and what he's done in just a short short time I just um yeah I I think about all that stuff I was thinking about that stuff last night the other thing too is you know hearing uh Logan Ryan who who tackled him you know the Giants are in a bad spot you know they look awful they're winless they certainly look like they could be the worst team in the league this year. They should have won that game. And he made it clear multiple times that the worst thing that happened tonight was Dak Prescott's injury. He didn't want to even, yeah. he didn't even care about the the loss thing. And he's like, he talked about how he felt so bad about it. And obviously there's nothing he did dirty. There's not, I mean, he made a tackle like sure. that you would expect him to make. Um, but he said that when, cause he's one of the last people that went up to Dak before the cart pulled away. And he said, he told him, like, you know, basically, he said, what would Kobe do? And, and, and basically, you know, in, in the rehab, coming back, uh, everyone knows the story, you know, past of Kobe Bryant and just how crazy of a worker he was off the, off the court, you know, with injuries and things like that to come back and overcome. And so he said that to him. And then he, he also said about how he hopes he comes back and, and gets $500 million. And he said that multiple, multiple times. So it's interesting because you don't want to think about a contract situation, but because it's such a hot topic, it was just interesting that like even a player right after the game, like that was on his mind that like, you know, Hey, Dak was going into a, a franchise tag year. You know, this is a one year type yeah. d- deal thing like that. And he's pointing that out. And so it's like, it's, it just, I don't know. It's like, you know, so much about Dak, you know, so much about his story. And so I think because of that, everyone has more of a connection with him than maybe let's say, you know, an offensive lineman that you really don't know that well, because you just don't know the backstory. You don't hear as much about him. But like, I feel like even fans that aren't around Dak feel like, you know what? I know this guy pretty well. I know a lot about him. He's, he's pretty open, you yeah. know, and, and you just, it's, it's relatable. No, and also like, I, I couldn't help but think, about these things, and, and uh, whether it means anything or not, but I couldn't help think about how all these things happen, and I you know everyone's different. On if they believe things happen for a reason, blah blah blah, and all that type of stuff. But like I was thinking yesterday when I was watching, you know, just the Red Zone channel, and Alex Smith goes in for uh, for Washington, and I don't know if you saw that the old mini documentary on his rehab and recovery. And it's a much different injury, by the way. I want to be clear about that. A much different injury. But watching Alex Smith play, I was like kind of, I know, and I'm a guy who can handle that type of stuff usually, but even I was like uncomfortable by Alex Smith playing. And he got sacked like four times. And I was just like, ah. And then you add in that element that you kind of mentioned, like there's a great, you know, shot on the TV broadcast of, of Jason Garrett walking with McCarthy. You know, oh, a guy who had been here forever. It was that just tore, absolutely tore me up, man. I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, tears started flowing when when Garrett went out there and started talking to McCarthy and his old teammates and stuff. I mean, when you think about Dak, I mean, it's hard for me to think about Dak and his progression in the NFL without thinking of Jason Garrett and the special relationship that those two guys have and still have i'm sure and and to to think you know of all the things going through jason garrett's mind going going into this game when it comes to you know playing against the franchise that you coached for and jerry jones and these fans and all that kind of stuff the last thing he expected was for this to happen and then have to call a game against that team after the fact you know i mean i just can't imagine the the toll that this took on just Jason Garrett yesterday, having to try to call a game and win a game for a team 
um, when somebody, you're essentially one of your sons on the other side has gone down. I mean, that's got to be awful. So it was interesting watching pregame warmups where, you know, Jason came out and, and he, he, Jerry and Steven were waiting for him like near midfield. And he walked up and he kind of gave them each like a half hug and they talked for, you know, maybe a minute or two. And then Jason went over onto the side of the field with the rest of the Giants players that were warming up. And Dak was warming up on the opposite side of the field and I was kind of just watching with my binoculars. I was like, these guys are going to have to do some type of embrace. But I now knowing that, thinking that, I should say, I also know that Dak isn't a guy that does – Dak doesn't talk to people before the game on the other team. I just, I've never seen it happen, to be honest with you. I'm sure that there's a time that I'm forgetting or whatever. But I've, I've looked for it multiple times. Like, he's really zoned in. And you could just tell at one point Jason was like he knew he had to go over there because Dak was, you know, warming up and that Dak wasn't going to come over to that side, obviously. And so Jason went over there and they had a quick hug and then did they did they pushed each other like Jason always does. That's kind of his go to move of just like <laughs> if you don't know Jason Gary, I have to point yeah. that out because if you just see it, you would be like, when Why he is loves he you, he'll, him right he'll, now? he'll sh- throw, throw you to the ground. That's his, his <laughs> sign of affection. Yeah. In 2016, in 2016 at the uh, at the senior bowl. Like, you know, that they were coaching it and uh, the Cowboys coaches were coaching it. And I'm sitting there and I'm talking to Dave Hellman and my back's to the field because practice had just ended. And <laughs> somebody comes up and just pushes the crap out of me. My like my head kicked back. I was like, what the heck? And I turned around and it was Jason Garrett. I was just like, it was so random because uh, we hadn't seen him for, you know, since the season ended or whatever like that. I just didn't expect it. But that's just what he does. And then he just keeps walking, you know, like hey, you guys doing. Yeah. Hey, guys. And I was just like, OK. Um, so that's like his go-to thing. So I was just kind of interested to see that. And it was just real brief. But the reason I say that is because it's just a small glimpse into just like he had to go say something to Dak because, you know, they just had a close bond. I mean, like, like Kent just said, you know, I mean, he was a huge part of, you know, and he doesn't get enough credit for it, helping groom Dak into being the quarterback Drafting he is Dak. today. Yeah. Drafting, Drafting Dak. Him. He was a huge – Dak would not Absolutely. be here if not for Jason. We need to remember that. Uh, the The legend needs to – um, I guess keep that in the in the history books because and he's not a Will McClay or Jerry Jones day. Jerry, Jason's the one standing on the table for Dak in the draft room. And and when you got to, I mean, I know Scott Linehan obviously liked him as well. There's other yeah. people that had a hand in it as well. But I'm just saying, Wade that, Wilson was huge too. Yeah, right, yeah. right. But but I feel like when I look back at Jason Garrett's time as Cowboys head coach, I I will always believe that it, for over that decade that his toughest decision that he's ever made was having to stick with Dak and not bring back Romo after he was hurt because they also had a really, you know, tight bond. I mean, I mean, I mean, you don't even have to know any of the backstory. You've seen them at plenty of the SMU Duke games. And he knew that that was going to be a a tough decision. It wasn't going to sit well with Romo, but he had to do what was right for the team. And and he stuck with Dak. And obviously it turned into, you know, what it's become today. But um, there's, there's just no question. There's a, there's a closer bond between Dak and Jason Garrett than there is with most coaches in the NFL and their players. It's on a very small percentage. And so for Dak to suffer that injury right there near their sideline, I mean, he could have done it against any team and it still would have been, you know, it would have been devastating, but that it just adds something to it that Jason Garrett was literally standing like right there. It was his first game back at AT AT&T stadium. It had to be super awkward for him. I mean, just Jason's never going to give you this because he doesn't want to put this stuff out there, but just think about this as yourself. Like think about putting everything you've ever done in your life on the line to get this job. And you get this job on such a prestigious level and you do it for a decade. And then you, and then you don't get to keep that job. And then you got to come back less than a year later and walk around in that office and be on the opposite side of everybody that like knows you. There's awkwardness there. I don't care. He doesn't have to admit it. I know it has to be like that. Going it's to the storyline. Yeah. Going to the visiting uh, locker room had to be so strange for him, you know? And so I kind of thought he wasn't even going to come out for pregame because he didn't want to like even deal with any of that stuff, but he did, you know, credit to him, you know? And uh, it wasn't like he just talked to Jerry and Steven and Dak. I mean, he talked to other players and things like that, you know? Um, but uh, I just thought there was a lot of, lot of things that I saw yesterday. Just, you know, I just read I mean, say whatever you want about Jason Garrett as coach. Jason Garrett is a stand-up guy. He he really is. Um he, he does. There's a lot of there's a lot of good things about Jason Garrett, regardless of what whatever your troll friends want to say on Twitter about how awful of a coach he is or whatever. There, there's sure. a lot of great things about Jason Garrett. 
No, no, no doubt about it. And I'm glad you brought up 2016. And I don't want to make this all about 2016, but I do want to say this. You know, I think one of the reasons, aside from performance, you, you know, when when you have this uh, league where everything that you've done does matter, and one of the reasons why Dak was able to keep that job too, through all of that, is the support of the locker room. Uh, the locker room you know, was pretty clear about why would we make a change? Why would we go back to Roma? We just won all these games. What are we doing right now? And that tells you a little bit about Dak as well. And that's not a shot at Tony at all. It's just, that's just the reality of that thing. I mean, there might've been, if you, if you let them all vote, there might've been, you know, some people who voted for Tony, right? That Most of that locker room was unified and let's go forward. Why would we change it? And if we lose a couple games down the road here, then we can go back to Tony. But why would we change from Dak right now? We're having the most fun we've had in years. We're hot. We're the story of the league right now. We've had some youth, uh, youthful energy. like, And that just kind of goes back to everything that you saw yesterday with pretty much every player on the field you know, going by. And that happens you know, a, a lot when a guy gets hurt. But like, you know, the NFL PA is putting out a big tweet like thoughts and prayers and all that type of stuff like it's just it's just legit. If you know Dak, if you've interacted with Dak, if you have any type of experience hanging out with Dak, you like the guy, right? And and, and the team loves the guy. And it's gonna be how many hard times for have you to... seen all that many players go over why a player is about to get carted off? I mean, there's other players that's happened to, but it's it's not often that you see that many guys go over. Everyone, there. yeah, it was everyone, and it was. Uh, and you can feel it, man. You can feel the the vibes. You were in the in the stadium. You could feel it. You could feel it everywhere. And, and yeah, I don't know. I know. Sometimes we always talk about some of these like conversations about like uh, you know how some people like there are some DAC uh, you know, the DAC haters is the prop that's kind of what we say in quotes. But like just people online who maybe don't respect. Dak's performance on the field maybe as much as they should. Man, I don't think there's anyone out there who doesn't respect how Dak is as a person first. Whatever you think about him on the field, I think everyone's all in unison there. KT, you know who those people are? Those are people that if they suffered a minor sprained ankle or a knee injury, they would probably no longer jog or work out, and they would be hesitant to even do simple things because of that. This guy's going to rehab a disgusting injury that he's probably going to see a thousand replays of. Not to mention that, like, we saw everything with the sock on and a shoe on. Like, I'm sure that didn't look great once they took that off. Uh, clearly, the bone went through the skin. I mean, they had to, yeah. part of their procedure How last night. How does that happen, man? Like, isn't that why you tape your ankles? Like, I mean, I'm not saying there's any kind of, no one was at fault here. But, I mean, it seems like just such a freak thing to happen. You know, it's not like a, a routine injury. Right. And so, but he had to see all of that. Like he's, I don't know, he's going to, that's going to be in his mind for a long time. And so, and what he's going to do is he's going to rehab from that and he's going to come back and he's going to play football again and allow people to tackle him again. I mean, the resiliency of that, that I know other players do it, but it's just crazy to think about that. If I see a bone come out of my skin, whatever I did that made that happen, I'm not doing again. And if that makes me weak, so be it. But literally, mm. if I was in my, I wouldn't even want to play anymore if something like that happened. I've thought about that many a times when, I don't know, I'm sure you guys have seen the the Paul George injury that happened when he was playing yes. Team USA. I'm just like, you know, I know a lot of people ride him because of the fact of like, you know, he didn't play well this year in the playoffs, but they're just like, it's amazing that Paul George even came back from that to play at the level he is right now. Like, I just, it's funny because you mentioned the, you know, people and, and what they're saying and stuff like that. Like, I do think it's funny when it's easy to sit on your couch and watch that and say like, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, he'll get it fixed and he'll be back on whatever. Like, you don't know the behind the scenes, like how long it takes and like every single day, how you have to be on that. And a hey, props to you for pointing out earlier that Alex Smith documentary, because that was great too. I mean, the how many surgeries he had to have to, I mean, now he had an infection and, and there was a lot of levels to that, but still that guy came back and played like, that most people are not doing that. It's a very, very small percentage. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, and, and look, it's, it's a thing too. Like now, we're all gonna have to like talk about all these other things. And I don't know when the proper time is for that because again, Dak's got a million 
a million storylines attached to his name because you know, you're the quarterback of the, the greatest franchise or the, the biggest franchise in the world. And I don't know, man. I don't know when the proper time is to talk about that. I don't even know if it's right now. I mean, I, I really don't. I really don't have the answer on that. Um, we do need to talk about Andy Dalton. He is going to be your quarterback moving forward. Um, I would assume Ben DiNucci comes in and would they activate him and make him the backup, or do you see them going to the streets for for a backup? I, I, I mean, I know it's hard to even start thinking about that stuff, but these are realistic things that Stephen and Will McClay and Jerry are all going to have to, and McCarthy are all going to have to. You know, discuss because, uh, as they say in the business world, the show must go on. Well, I know that Mike McCarthy really likes Ben DiNucci, but I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and act like I just see 30 snaps a day from him. Like he's not getting a lot of work and he's not getting any work when we're out there. So there's not a lot to go off there, but it will be very telling on where they think he is right now if they do go outside of the organization. I mean, uh, they could go with him. I mean, I feel like. I don't want to I don't want to be too negative about Cooper Rush, but I thought about him a lot yesterday and how different things would be if that was who the backup was. And that's who their backup was for the last three years. There's a way bigger difference about bringing in Andy Dalton, a guy that's made Pro Bowls, a guy that that's that's led teams to the playoffs. Like you can say whatever you want about Andy Dalton and Cincinnati and, and things like that. But he did pretty he did pretty good for what he had to work with there. Um you know, he's in the argument of one of the best backups that you could have in, in the NFL. And it just it's just very interesting that they ended up going out and getting him and signing that one year deal in May. And then now they need him um, because when he signed, it was like kind of like, man, they're going to give him three million dollars to just sit on the bench because Dak's not going to hurt. Dak doesn't miss games. Dak starts every game. He plays every game. That's just what's going to And now it just looks like almost a genius move by the Cowboys, because like I said, I mean, there was a while there where they like the backups they were bringing in. You were like, yeah, this guy's fine if he's got to play a few snaps, but you didn't feel comfortable about them. I mean, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think off the top of my head right now. Like, I feel I feel more comfortable with Andy Dalton than Kyle Orton. Like, I'm trying to go back to as far as I, and people can sit there and say, oh, well, in 2016 they had Dak backing up uh, Tony. Look what he did. Okay, you did not expect Dak Prescott to go in there and did do what he did in 2016. They didn't even expect it. That's why after Kellen Moore went down, they had him battling with Jamil Showers throughout camp for that job. So they really, in terms of investing in a backup, this is the most significant one that they've had in a long time. I don't know. I don't know if I go far as far back as Bernie Kosar, but it's been a while since they've had a backup that can step in and you can be like, hey, I can see this guy winning games for him. I mean, now obviously the problem is that offensive line. You know, he had problems with a bad offensive line in Cincy, but there's there's weapons around him. And he obviously didn't play perfect when he came in, but you can see how he could have some success with his offense. Well, you mm-hmm. know, I, th- I thought he was pretty good yesterday. I mean, for, for that, to get that, to get that call... Um, what was he not? Oh, nine of 11. Yeah. Um, and, uh, big play to Gallup too. You know, yeah, you know, no, two huge plays yeah. to Gallup. I mean, really, I mean, just, and, and just putting the ball in the money and let the receivers go do the work. And that's kind of what the scheme is going to need to be about is letting those guys in and also trying to run the ball. I mean, the tone of the game shifted for the Cowboys yesterday when they did kind of get Zeke going a little bit, something they haven't really been able to do much. And it's not something that you can just like snap your fingers and go, oh, now we can get Zeke going. It ain't going to be that easy because two runs and then uh, that go nowhere and gives you a third and nine. That's not productive offense either. But they were able to kind of, uh, you know, early in the second half, really kind of take over the game. And really they ended up closing out that drive where Dak got hurt with the Zeke touchdown. Um, that to me was the tone shifted in the game. And that might be now we can kind of take out these question marks about what your identity is. Maybe, maybe, maybe now you kind of have a foundation and know what your identity is for the rest of the way. You're going to try to be a team that does run the ball. We're going to try to be a team that does let the defense rest and you try to minimize how many plays Andy Dalton is forced to make, but and game manage your way to some victories. Uh, because yeah. let's face it, the division is super winnable still. That they are two and three. I say the Eagles played a, a pretty good Pittsburgh team yesterday and hung in there with them. Uh, Washington's a mess, and we'll see what they do at quarterback moving forward. With if they stick with Alex Smith or, or what they're going to do, and you know we saw the Giants who are zero and five. But I will say this: the Giants, you know, appear to have a little bit of a direction. You know, you can see them kind of continuing to build what they're working on there. 
I couldn't help but think about something that we skipped, and we were talking about this with with Kent a little little bit earlier before we went on the air. You know, by the time we last talked, our last podcast, of course, you guys did a quick emergency podcast last night, but our last podcast, well, that was still with kind of a question mark hanging over Tyron Smith's head. Now we know Tyron Smith is out for the season, too. So, uh, yeah, you know, is it weird to think you could still win the division? (laughs) Like, yeah. I'd feel a lot better, and I'm sure Cowboys fans would, if you know Dak goes down and you do at least have this offensive line in decent shape, and and maybe you can then lean on the run a little bit more, and and maybe that's your direction. But you know, with the offensive line this way, the way it is, I mean, Dak was just playing out of his mind, despite that, you know, <laughs> and I just don't know if the running game's really going to be the strength of this team. Uh, going forward if if this line can't pull it together so you know what can Andy Dalton do in the passing game um, luckily they have all these weapons CD Lamb is maybe the number one target on this team now or has established himself as that and so obviously they have weapons in the passing game but yeah it's all going to depend on if this running game can get it going and, and can uh, at least carry part of the load for the offense yeah, that last series to get them in field goal range, I mean, it just showed mm-hmm. you how talented those receivers are. Yep. Because Amari Cooper really wasn't targeted very much, but then when they went to him early in that final drive, he made a big play, you know. So he can go silent for a little bit, and then all of a sudden hit a big one. And then CD was amazing yesterday. And then Gallup, you're just sitting there, and you're just like, oh, I forgot 13's on the field. And then he just makes two of the dopest catches that you've probably seen this season in, in like, one drive. Like, it was just crazy, like, how how you can go from not being heavily targeted to make just two amazing grabs like that. And so, you know, Dalton said after the game that, you know, in practice with Gallup, you just throw it up there like that on, on those go routes and just give him a chance, and, and usually he's coming down with it, you know. And obviously people in Dallas have been used to seeing – similar play like that from a from a Des Bryant but it is interesting to see uh just how that you know him to be able to make a play like that and and just how many weapons they do have on that offense so I think the thing that they do is they're going to lean more heavily in the run game they need that has to work um even if it means they have to pass a little bit to open up the run they they're going to end up running Zeke more than he would have if if Dak is healthy but I also see Andy being able to uh take advantage of the quick passing game, getting the ball out of his hands quick, getting into guys' hands and things like that, you know. Um, Keep in mind, you know, I I talked about earlier that Ben DiNucci isn't getting a lot of reps. Andy Dalton's not getting a lot of reps with the ones. And so, you know, you see in that that series where he gets the fumble snap from Biotish, like, how many how many snaps do you think those two guys yeah. have taken together? You know what I'm saying? Like, Zero. So once he gets full practices together with that first team going throughout, um, you know, Again, if if they were in a different division, I'd be like, yeah, this this is looking like there's there's no chance of playoffs. Just you know, try and finish out the season and play as well as you can. But like that division is so bad that you're just like, I mean, even at seven wins, they might have a chance of winning it. So um, I think Andy Dalton, you know, gives you hope in, in that aspect. It just for me, and, and this I wrote this yesterday for our, my piece that's up today. It's just that. It's not really just about making the playoffs with this team. You know, you don't go and get Mike McCarthy just to make the playoffs. You know, uh, they were they were hoping that even if they just snuck into the playoffs, it was that they got hot at the right time and made a run and finally got back to the NFC Championship game, finally got back to a Super Bowl since 1995. And there's just no way looking at it you, that their chances didn't decrease losing Dak Prescott. I mean, they decreased, obviously, losing Tyron Smith. You know, I mean, we talked on one of our shows – I remember leading into this season about who was their most valuable player. And obviously argument was between Tyron and Dak and to lose both of them in a matter of days, you would think like, well, this team's going to win three games, but I don't know if that's the case, you know? I mean, obviously if they're hit with more injuries, that could happen, but um, they're in a better situation than most, obviously signing Indy Dalton. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. Like is we're going to talk about running the ball can help give him a little more time in the pocket. You start asking him to do those, seven step drops and get the guys running streaks down the field. That's probably going to be a problem now with this offensive line. But if you can run the ball and keep defenses from just pinning their head back and timing the snap and going, you know, that's where, 
you know, he's going to have a chance to be successful. And that's where the passing game – look, they did this in 2016 with the Garrett-Linehan offense and the way they worked Dak into the league. Same type of thing here, just a little different because if all things are equal, Andy Dalton's a top 32 quarterback in this league. Just not every team is, you know, trying to win now. Some teams are rebuilding and evaluating what they have at quarterback. But, you know, I'd take Andy Dalton over Gardner Minshew right now. Like, you know, that type of – you start having conversations like that, you realize just because he's a backup doesn't mean he couldn't, you know, play for someone else. And he's played playoff games before. I know people are going to knock on Andy Dalton's playoff record, but this is a guy who has been there. So, I mean, this is not Absolutely. like it's a Kellen Moore going in there. And yeah, he's been in the NFL for a couple of years and yeah. been in there every few. I mean, this guy has made Pro Bowl. So he's won games in the NFL. He's won divisions. He's made the playoffs. So, they're about in as good a shape as they could possibly hope to be, in, uh, given the circumstance. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One of the biggest differences I think you're going to see it will be in the red zone because yeah. you're not running read options with Andy Dalton because they're not biting yeah. on that. They're going to know that he's not keeping. And that was such a big part of Dak's game. And I found it interesting when I went back and looked at the stats from the games when Tyron didn't play, which was the previous 14 um, before Sunday. And the Cowboys were 8-6 and six in, that, in, in those games. And so in 14 of those games, Dak rushed for seven touchdowns. And it just, to me, was it was just interesting that he's rushing for a touchdown once every other game when, when Tyron's out. Like, they were obviously using him more, particularly in the red zone, maybe in those situations, because, you know, he didn't have his blind side being protected by an all-decade player. And so that part is going to hurt because Andy Dalton isn't going to be doing that stuff that, that Dak was doing, particularly in the red zone. I mean, you can tell they've gotten away from running Dak uh he, I mean, he has become completely a pocket passer. I know when he started, people thought that he was going to run 10 times a game. You know, he averaged 15 runs per game in college, which is just crazy to think about that he never suffered an injury like that for as much as he ran at Mississippi State uh, and playing against NFL talent pretty much every Saturday in the SEC. So, um, but yeah, that's the one thing that I, I just, I, I think that the, you know, Andy's got mobility, but it, it's not like what Dak has. So I, I don't know about, about you guys. Uh, you know, obviously we'll be back uh, later in the week with another podcast to get you ready for the Cardinals game on Monday night action for the Cowboys next week. Uh, you know, would you like to save the, the further Dak discussion in terms of his tag and his contract and all that for, for later in the week? Well, because I, I, I still feel – I mean, I don't know about you guys. I'm still kind of like, uh, I don't know if it feels right to even talk about that right now. I mean, just – just so everyone's aware, listeners and everything, I mean, I was producing our athletic NFL show, football show, last night with Robert Mays, and I encourage everyone to, to listen to that just to get some more perspectives on on this injury. But, you know, I, I did a little breaking pod with Lindsey Jones as well here on The Athletic, and both of them, I mean, both the, the main points of both their conversations was shame on Jerry Jones for... <laughs> for letting this happen to Dak with the contract. And I just want, you know, we don't have to talk about it right now. I just want I'll talk you to know, right KT, now. like that's the narrative. Yeah, I'm right not happy that, to do it. That it's is the narrative right. that, that, um, you know, we all know. And this is the point Robert made last night. These guys are one play away at all times from, from life changing injuries. And Dak, God forbid, will be the same player when he comes back, but he might not be. And this is 
this sucks. I mean, this, this this is Jerry Jones' worst nightmare. I mean, basically, what what has happened here? You know, Dak, of course, bet on himself. I mean, worked his ass off this offseason. Probably worked harder than he ever has on his own. Social distancing, all that stuff considered. Worked his absolute ass off to get back to prove to the Jones family and to the Cowboys that he deserved a contract, that he was the right guy. He did everything the right way up to the point, um, you know, that he deserved one. Didn't get one bet on himself, went out there and absolutely slayed um, and was playing in an MVP level. And then this happens. I mean, you absolutely feel for the guy. And I mean, when he was being carted off and he was crying, I mean, you just think about what's going through his head, how hard he's worked to get to that point and how much he deserved everything that um, was speculated about him over the summer and didn't get it. And and now he, he knows he might not ever have as good of a shot as he had before. And so, you know, you just take all the drama into it, you know, aside from what it means on the football field. This is a an insane situation and you got to think that that was the first thing that went through Jerry Jones's mind when Dak was landing on the field. Well, I'll touch on the um this being Jerry Jones's fault real quick. Um one of my biggest problems with like I'm not going to mention which shows, but you guys know which ones they are on TV that just argue about sports and each side makes it seem like what they're arguing is the clear cut, obvious answer. Um, everyone that listens to this should know that that's obviously not the case. And this isn't 100% the case either on this one either. If so, I'm going to break it down to what I would say, would I put 70% on Jerry and the Cowboys for not getting a deal done? Sure. But to sit there and act like it's a hundred percent Jerry's fault, like they didn't offer him any contracts or anything like that's just, that's that's being a little naive. Let's let's let's. I mean, it, there's a business side to the, to the game and negotiating and stuff like that. Let's not act like the Cowboys didn't make any offers or anything like that. If they did not make a single offer to him, then yes, a hundred percent, I would put it on the Cowboys um, because of the fact that he's obviously done enough to be your franchise quarterback. So were those offers good enough? No, they weren't. And that's why a deal hasn't been done to this point, and they deserve a lot of blame for that. But they don't deserve all of the blame for that. Yeah. And I would also say this, look, by not getting a deal done, no matter what it took, by not getting a deal done, and well, both sides, by the way, what this has created, and I know he just had a devastating injury, and we'll see, I still think you're going to have to be in a position to where the Cowboys, I could see them offering another fr- franchise tag or trying to get a deal done for, as Dak Prescott, the, the guy who we've seen just his, his what he's about, his personality, his motivation, his work ethic, the way he's overcome everything. Is he the type of guy that you can see just going, uh, okay, fine, yeah, I'll take a real team-friendly deal because my leg got blown up? I don't see that from his camp. And his agents should come into play as well as CAA. We should talk about them. I, I think they're going, no. He's going to re- recover. He's going to be 100%. Give me my $40 million. And yeah, I well, that's, that's what, what probably will happen. They'll probably franchise tag him a second time. And then he's going to leave. And if, Because if yeah. you franchise him a second time, he's out of here. Yeah. He's done. You I know what? And, 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 you know what? And, and you know what? I wouldn't have any problem with him doing that. You know what, uh, T.I., yeah. I, I, I keep thinking about? If I was him, I'd be like, go go for it, dude. You deserve it. Go go get your bag. Cause right. I, I the, the Cowboys did mess this up, but I do 100% agree with you, John. It ain't all on them at all. I mean, this is a negotiation with two sides, and they couldn't come to an agreement. But I think you're a little dangerous with that guy, and this is a little different than Alex Smith or whatever, a little different with that guy. I think you should beware of the leverage that he has coming back from this injury because he will rehab this thing with with uh, an aggressive tenacity. And I think he is the type of guy I would bank on coming back. And I don't know if he'll Absolutely. be better than he is, but I think I think you're still talking about a top 10 quarterback in the league. And if you don't want that, then, hey, that's on you. But you better start losing games now or something and figure out a quarterback plan because that, that's your guy. And if you don't know that now – they they do know it. They do know it. They just didn't get it done. And I don't know if that's a stubborn thing or whatever. I don't know. And if it, it could be a stubborn nature on Dak's agent's part as well. But like the fact that that couldn't get done, I, I really I'm I'm less into like placing blame on someone and more into looking at how do you get the solution to this. Right. And I just would 
I would be really, really leery and would probably, uh, I would probably tread lightly if you want to go in the direction of, well, he's going to regress and he'll take a, he'll take a smaller deal because he got hurt type thing. I think this is a guy who's going to come back and I think it's going to be well known to, to everyone. Still one of the top quarterbacks in the league, still deserving pretty top market, close to top market value. You know, the Cowboys aren't going to save any money by this knee injury at all. Put it that way. That seems Super crass to even say it like that, but I just don't see the Cowboys saving any pennies on this at all. I think it's obviously it's going up either way. If you want to start messing around with a second franchise tag, then you might as well. You don't need to. They need to try to get a deal done. And now listen to your doctors. Let me work in some science here, right? Listen to your doctors. If your doctors are telling you, look, I don't know, you know. But this this team's pretty liberal with how they deal with injuries, as evidenced by the 34th pick of the 2016 draft, Jalen Smith. You know, they listen to their doctors there. So, sorry, that's just my yeah. take on that. Yeah. No, that's all good stuff. And you got to, you know, I was, I just was the best for Dak, honestly, to be honest. Uh, yeah. You know, Cowboys you. are not. I mean, selfish person to me wants Dak to be here for the long haul and to win championships with the Cowboys. But after all Dak's been through – with this team and uh, carrying this team on his back and to have things end up like this. I mean, the guy deserves nothing but the best he can absolutely get, whether that's with Dallas or not. And, and I expect that to happen now in terms of uh, the rest of the season. I mean, you're right, KT, um, you know, have Andy Dalton not had, if Andy Dalton was not here, you know, you think that Dallas is out of it, but, I mean, it's all about 2020 right now, to be honest with you. And I mean, it's easy to look into at the end of the year and into next year and say, all right, better luck next year when we have our quarterback. But with the way this division is, you know, I don't anticipate the Cowboys to make much, much noise in the playoffs, but I certainly think they'll be in contention to get there. And, and then once you get there, who knows what the hell will happen. And, um, we're just going to have to play it by ear, but I feel about as good as I possibly could be, um, with their with the fact that they don't have their franchise quarterback. Um the only thing that concerns me about this team is the offensive line really going forward and that's to me going to be the biggest question mark for the rest of the season. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You just said that's the only thing that concerns you? No, I mean they the defense it? obviously, right. but the biggest thing the biggest thing I think is the offensive line. I think if the offensive line was playing capable of what they're capable of, I think the defense could still suck and I think this offense could still carry this team. Um, but I mean, the, the offense was basically structured in a way where they had to play out of their minds to be in these games and they were, and so that was fine, you know, and they had a chance. Um, but if the offense isn't playing out of their minds anymore, uh, they don't have a chance. And so that's kind of what I'm betting on is if the offense can't keep putting up 30 points a game, then they don't have a chance at all because they're certainly not going to keep teams from scoring 30 points a game. It's so hard for teams to choose. You know, like for defenses to choose, who do you want to take away on the Cowboys wide receiver core? Because mm-hmm. you can't, I mean, yesterday it appeared the game plan was to see if they could slow down Amari Cooper a little bit. Um, but like it, it, they make it such a difficult conversation leading up to the week and you know, leading up to games. Like, who are we going to try to, you know, really focus some of our coverages on? But you know, I, I do want to spend a couple minutes on the defense real quick, too, if you guys don't mind. The effort level was higher, and they could say whatever they want about effort, but they played with more energy yesterday defensively. And still giving up 34 points to the Giants is nothing to write home about, although one of those was a touchdown, a defensive touchdown on, on Dak's interception, uh, where Kyler Fackrell intercepted it and took it to the house. So let's take those away. So you gave up, what, 20-something points to, to the Giants? Still pretty big total, but you got some stops. You did enough. To uh, you know, keep the offense uh, you know engaged and keep everything close and all of those types of things. The energy was well. The pass rush was there. You actually saw plays. You still saw a fair amount of misplays. But I thought Jalen Smith, I thought was pretty good yesterday. I thought Demarcus Lawrence was really good yesterday. Actually, I think Demarcus Lawrence has actually been pretty good pretty much every game. He just hasn't played a ton and. Uh, you know, we saw Everson Griffin make a play. We saw him, you know, look suspect on a couple plays as well. Alden Smith making plays. Look, I thought the defense was much improved yesterday. Uh, much improved compared to what, getting gashed for nine yards of carry mm-hmm. against Cleveland. Yeah, you know, but still, like, you get what I'm saying, guys? I'm like, it's real easy to go be cynical about the Cowboys defense. But it well, they were really fired up. 
They were really fired up. They said they were going to yeah. be fired up. They said they were fired up in practice all week. And then they let a team that scored three touchdowns in the first four yeah, weeks. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The they were playing the Giants. The yeah, they looked they looked good, but <laughs> I, tried. I mean, come on. I tried. I they tried to team. set this up in a positive light. Yeah. They let a team that has scored three touchdowns in the first four games that has averaged 11 points come right down the field and score a touchdown in the opening drive. And it's just hard for me to sit there and, and I think that all of a sudden like they've turned this major – I mean, I thought that's one of the best games I've seen Jalen Smith play. All right, now do it again, and then do it again after that, and again, and then and again after that, and then you know? again, again, again. <laughs> right? I mean, that's uh, how's Tristan that's Hill, expected. by the way, John? That, what's the what's that's the what's expected of Jalen Smith? It's not supposed to be, hey, Jalen, we're going to get a really elite effort out of you once every you know five or six games. Like, no, they need that every week from him. Um, and I agree with you about about Demarcus too, but it just like he can't go whatever it was 10, 11 games with a half sack, you know. Um, so it was good to see him actually get after the quarterback and, and cause a fumble. So that was obviously big for them, but I still, I need to see it more on back-to-back weeks against better teams than the worst offense in the league. Um, yeah, as far as Tristan Hill, um, they're going to find out more today after an MRI, uh, on his right knee. Um, so I don't know the severity of it, but I will say that, you know, anytime a guy's carted off, that's usually not great. And then the fact that Mike McCarthy brought up his name multiple times in the post-game press conference while talking about Dak, uh, just kind of hinting back at like, hey, you know, we got this other guy. It's, that's, it's pretty significant injury he's got too. So I just don't see – I mean, I don't know that he's out for the rest of the season. I just don't know that he's going to be back right away. You know, can I say this? Because it was an interesting takeaway from Tony on the uh, on the broadcast. And I don't know if you heard this, John. Um, so – Tony was talking about uh, the scheme and the change that has happened, but he was talking about on this new scheme, one thing that you really have to have on this new scheme is two horses in the middle who can hold it down. It's a little different in the last scheme where you really weren't relying on your one technique as much in the middle. But it's like in this scheme, you really do need two horses in the middle who can just kind of really clog up the middle, bail you out on the run, so you can focus on blitzing and focus on getting into passing downs and things like that. And I sat there and went about pretty soon after that happened, Tristan Hill got hurt. But I was immediately thinking, look, Tristan Hill is probably not one of those horses yet. He's a developing player, not riding off his career. You know, he's a developing player. Don Terry Poe does not look like he is that horse right now. But maybe I was I couldn't help but think on a, on a grander scheme of things. If they want to stick with the scheme Will this be a position that they invest in moving forward, whether in free agency or the draft? I go back to the Packers days in that same defense. They had B.J. Raji, drafted Kenny Clark, uh, who's a Pro Bowl player. B.J. Raji was a Pro Bowl caliber player for a while. I started to think it's a position that we've seen this front office really not, you know, really invest in. I mean, we go talk about the years of Antoine Woods. Uh, the Golden Cock, Nick Hayden. No, the biggest investments uh, are, t- are Tyrone Crawford and the, and the money they gave him. And then, because he was never going to be a, a, a full-time D-end. It was, you know, yeah. he was going to be playing some tackles. That's and for then, a locker room, you know. Yeah, and then, thing, they, really. and then they they used the third-round pick on Malik Collins. But other than that, no, you're absolutely right. My, my thing is on, if they feel that same way as what Tony said, then do what you said when this coaching staff took over and talked about endlessly how – they were going to adapt to the players. Like if there was, if there's a good player out there, bring them here because we'll adapt the scheme to them. We're going to, we're going to, we want good players in here. Remember that was the talk KT going into the draft. We just, we want the best players and we'll adapt the scheme to them. Well, I can tell you right now, if that's the case, uh, maybe doing exactly what you did last year, isn't the worst thing in the world because that defense, although it wasn't great, was certainly better than this defense. I still think it's, and again, I don't know if the defense ever takes a big stride this year. I hope I hope it's this might be a more of a slow burn like the yodeling guy on the Price is Right going up the mountain. This might just be a slow burn, and hopefully you get better and better and yodeling, yodeling, better and better and better as the year goes on. And then you're like, okay, we're now acclimated. We're bought in, all right? No more pushback. Everyone bought in. We good. Oh, Leighton Van Der Esch is back. All right. How about that? We'll see if he can stay healthy. Okay. And I'm like, oh, Randy Gregory's here. We see what he has. And all of a sudden, we continue to just kind of up the hill. And then next year, and the year after that, and the year after that, you have this thing. And I know 
the ideas come in and let's go 13 and three this year and win the Super Bowl. I get that, but hey, life didn't always work out the way you think it's going to work out. Real quickly, you get slapped in the face with communication issues, and I still think buy-in is the biggest defensive problem. And they again defended their effort last week, and I don't know if that was a great thing to do. I would feel fine with them defending their effort yesterday. They tried harder yesterday, no matter what they say, what they said last week. Yesterday, they tried harder. And good it for was them. Evidence you shouldn't. Right. You shouldn't. Good. And, good job. Uh, so and I, so hey, guess what? You got an extra day of rest because Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk are coming to town. So you ready to get some of that? I don't know. I don't know. Can we get, get some more yodeling out of you? I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying. I'm trying to help this defense out, and I think they can use some positive words. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, like How do I shake we, your head, but like I, hey, I'm trying here. <laughs> I'm trying hard. They've been just so bad through those first four weeks, and even through a lot of this game, I just I need to see it a lot more uh, to think that. Like I said, like I'm not asking for a top ten defense, but maybe top twenty. How lucky there certainly is enough talent on there to be a top twenty defense. How lucky is this defense too that two touchdowns got called back <laughs> on penalties oh, yeah. that probably couldn't. I mean, if they weren't called, no one would be arguing that they should have been called. Well, right? one was on special teams, right. and yeah. and and that was interesting because that made me think like well, this hasn't been another good day for John Fossil if you look across the board. But mm. that's that storyline. Most overrated coach of all time. That storyline. Position is, coach of all time. I don't know if I can go that far, but so far his time with the Dallas Cowboys has um, not been uh, very smooth. Um, and yeah. that that because of so much stuff that happened uh, yesterday, I, I think that storyline gets buried. But uh, yeah, <laughs> um, he's pretty fortunate that uh, there was, an, I believe, an illegal shift, which then led to <laughs> me looking at Joe Judge break his headset, which was pretty yeah. enter- entertaining. Cam um, Fleming, by the way. Cam, yeah, that was, on, that was on Cam Fleming, who might be their best offensive lineman. <laughs> Am yeah, I right, Will Hernandez? Oh, no, that's Will right. That, that's that right. That's right. Andrew he's their Thomas. best offensive tackle. That's right. Andrew no, but he's Thomas. playing better than Andrew Thomas. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew Thomas, Thomas hasn't played well. Looking like I forgot about one. Will Hernandez though. Shows you how much I was, watched that game. <laughs> that was a good catch, man. I I couldn't help but think about as well. I mean, we had talked about this in our preview episode last week. About Jason Garrett pulling out all the stops, <laughs> you know, know he certainly did, man. Um, awesome, <laughs> it, you know, he threw the flea flicker in the first quarter, and I think, you know, we had talked about this on our Cowboy shows for years about why they didn't run the flea flicker. I think we had said that he, Jason Garrett had to run the flea flicker twice in his career in ten years with the Cowboys. <laughs> I think that was like surely to, to just f with Cowboys fans, like. Oh, yeah. You think I'm gone? Oh, here's a flea flicker because, you know, well, this is something I would have well, never done. And it worked. And, uh, yeah. Well, another thing that's lost in the way the game ended up going and Dak being injured was that I know that Cowboys Philly fans special. don't want to hear me. Yeah. yeah Cowboys fans don't want to hear me call it Philly special, but that was certainly a play where uh, I can't say I've seen that one around here very much. And uh, I. Can't say that I thought that they would run that with Cedric Wilson throwing it, and he did. And that that play was incredible. You thought that that would be kind of some momentum to get him going, and uh, yeah. But that's a okay. So play I, w- now. I want to throw this out there too. Just another observation from from watching the TV broadcast at home is at halftime, Mister Secrets uh, Mike McCarthy revealed to Tracy Wolfson that they had taken out, uh, I believe it was a, it was Amari and and uh, Gallup. And they'd been working in – it was a lot of CeeDee Lamb, Noah Brown, and Cedric Wilson. And re- she said on her halftime report that Mike McCarthy said they had gone to a wide receiver rotation because they were setting up the Philly special. I was like, that seems like a lot of strategy to give out, Mr. Secrets. Mr. <laughs> guy who won't let us see anything. You'll just tell Tracy Wolfson whatever. Maybe we need Tracy Wolfson to – Maybe it's a play the, they can't run again. So it's like doesn't matter if they tell yeah. them. <laughs> it's like oh, we used it this week and we're – can't use it again this season, so it's whatever. Oh, I think they can use it again. I think that plays even works even better you when you Dalton, have Dalton running out wide. Hundred percent, it works out <laughs> way better with a guy like that because you're not even going to have a defender going anywhere near him. That's why it worked out so well with Nick Foles 
Mm-hmm. Like with Dak, you got to at least, I mean, when you see, watch that on, on replay, like there's two guys that see it. It's just, they don't react fast enough, but they're in somewhat of position. Like when that, when the ball is caught, like if you run that play out of nowhere to like an Andy Dalton or like a Tom Brady or somebody like, I don't know if you remember in that Super Bowl when Tom Brady, they ran it to him, but he just dropped the ball wide open. There was nobody within like 40 yards of him because of the fact that no one's expecting a guy like that to run, uh, catch a pass or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, so I don't know. I wouldn't say that's completely gone out of the playbook. We might see it again. Looking at quarterbacks who might be available, right? I was looking at this list too, KT. It, Josh McCown's the only one that stuck out to me. <laughs> but, I mean, I, you got to get him off the couch. Um, I mean, Trevor Simeon. Um, no. Nope. I don't know. Colin Kaepernick. Deshaun Kaiser. Cody Kessler. Nope. Paxton Lynch, of course. Brandon Allen. Chad Kelly. Ha. Tim I mean, Tebow. these are all just dudes. You know, Josh Rosen. Tony Romo. <laughs> uh, you know what I would say. I, I like about, all my suggestions better than yours, but continue. Well, let me go to Kaepernick real quick. Remember McCarthy's famous for saying, for saying, I think I'd like to think uh, I've won a Super Bowl ring. I have a winning record in Green Bay. I'd like to think that I've got a pretty good quarterback room. And it was very like defiant about like he was like acted like he was offended that he was asked about Colin Kaepernick. It's like, dude, it's a nasty. Was that yesterday story, he was right? asked? No, no, this no. is like oh okay years ago. I was, but I remember at the time going, hey, dude, this is a national story. Let's maybe show some sensitivity towards it and just say, oh, yeah, we'll watch the tape on Kaepernick and we'll eval- evaluate that in house. He's that, turned it into. Bre- Do they have Brett Hundley at that time? Oh yeah, and they oh, had to okay. live a season. Uh, and, and, look, if there's anyone who knows about losing their starting quarterback, it is Mike McCarthy. Because they've had to do some Aaron Rodgers twice. And with Matt Flynn, strung it together and and got him to the playoffs and got him to an area where where Aaron Rodgers could go play in the playoffs. Uh, And then they. Can you just imagine how different, how how crazy this season would be on just like where the perception and thought of Mike McCarthy is right now? But if he uses this patchwork team and like gets them to the playoffs and they like go on some type of a run, like just from the beginning, like if you would like literally take how fans felt about him in September compared to let's say like December or January, just it would be so incredibly different if something like that was happening. Cause he loves to talk about how, and he did it on the pregame show yesterday about how they were so banged up on the offensive line in uh, Green Bay that I think one game he started like three guards and two centers or something like that because they didn't have any tackles and. So, yeah, he made it very clear, or he has made it very clear that he's had to deal with some real patchwork groups over there. So, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he's got skins on the wall, so uh, you give him the benefit of the doubt. But it just, at the rate that they're losing key players, we just haven't seen that, you know? And 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 it's, and I just, I don't know, I just look at their injured reserve list. I mean, even going into this game, you know, with Tyron and Lyle and, and, and Blake Jarwin and, and then you add in Tristan yesterday and Dak, and you're just kind of looking at the, this whole thing, and you're just like, "This is like how many like key players they should lose in an entire season? How has it only been five weeks?" Well, you're going to need to see, and we saw them a little bit yesterday. And Neville Gallimore, Neville Gallimore is going to have to put on weight if he wants to play inside in this league. He's. Do you he think that's smaller. the biggest issue? I well, well, strength, play strength, which was his yeah. big issue coming out of college. But he was a two gap player in Oklahoma. Has to kind of do the same type of thing here. So scheme change shouldn't be a big problem. Um, but he, they need to add play strength. You know, his chances to play yesterday, he was getting blown off the ball. We got to see some Bradley and I. Uh, we saw some Francis Bernard. We saw some of these rookies that they drafted. Uh, and I'm not, you know, again, I'm not saying these guys are going to change the, the things, but like it's going to be good to get, get a look at some of these guys. I mean, it's the thing we kind of been calling for a little bit in the secondary, right? Well, can we just go ahead and get a look at Donovan Wilson? If we're not going to play better at the safety position, can we get a look? You know, you're starting to see that. And I think that gives you a little, I don't know if it's anticipation or excitement or whatever about an else, you know, an otherwise defense that you're really not getting too excited about. Uh, Josh Rosen's on the Buccaneers practice squad. Oh, he did get picked up. I would. Uh, Spotrack needs an update there. Uh, I'd give him a call. He may not be a. I still think he can play. I think he's just got screwed his entire career. But that's neither here nor there. All right, guys, uh, update you on the picks, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, everyone got the win yesterday as we all picked uh, the Giants. So, Kent, you remain 5-0 and on the year. Boom. Um, nice. I'm, ri- I'm right behind you at 4-1, and one, and then we John. All the, and then we I'm, all picked the Cowboys. Yeah. You said we all picked the Giants. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, we all picked the Cowboys. My apologies. <laughs> Um, I just John, didn't want us to sound like complete idiots. 
Yeah. We all picked the Cowboys to win. So you edit that in there now, Kent. Um, John and the guests, three and two. Um, we'll be back later in the week. Um, we have uh, a Cardinals game to get forward to. We'll have the latest on Dak as he's recovering from surgery. Uh, Tristan Hill, any other Cowboys injuries? We'll have the latest on that. And uh, take, a, take a good look at the Cardinals. Uh, a team the Cowboys don't face uh, every – it's what they face very often. An exciting and fun Cardinals team. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll discuss that a little bit later in the week. Make sure you go to theathletic.com. Check out uh, all the content. John's got his game piece up from last night, obviously, about Dak Prescott. Bob will have his goodies out throughout the week, as will John. Um, and uh, I know I know Levi and Jamie are working on a big project for the Rangers. Uh, Stars and Mavs offseason with Tim Cato and Sean Shapiro and Saad Youssef is the utility man doing it all. And, uh, you know, check out some of the other athletic podcasts. If you want to get uh, caught up on the Cardinals, you can, uh, you know, go listen to that. Or if you want to hear what the Giants think last night, you can go listen to that. Kent's producing a lot of the NFL podcast and listen to the NFL show with Robert Mays. And, of course, Square One with Mike Reiner. Um, also, go to theathletic.com slash Cowboys. Make sure you pick up that discount if you're a first-time subscriber. Um, for our producer, Kit Garrison, for Father John Mashoda, I'm Kevin KT Turner. We'll be back later in the week to get you ready for week six against the Cardinals. It's been another episode of About Them Cowboys. Cowboys.